you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL podcast is just a vessel for Dan's bits. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. Uh, that's not true. And I am joined in a room filled with heroes Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. By the way, I would imagine for listeners in... My dog, Mark, with a C. All right. Um, in Britain, a vessel for your bits does not mean what it means here. Um, a comedic... Uh, forum for you. It means something much less uh, <laughs> oh, right, savory. Right, right. I don't know what the vessel talk. would be, but yeah. A little junk talk. We're starting off the Wednesday show with some junk talk. Starting it off a little bit later than usual because uh, Greg got, got a ring on the old bat phone, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Charlie Casserly had laryngitis, so they had to go deep into the bullpen. What is this? Really proven that money. <gasps> Look out! It's NFL Network's Greg Rosenthal. Call the sheriff. <laughs> Call the sheriff. Is that a zick bit? Zick bit. What would have to happen talented for uh, NFL Network to dial one of the three of us up to do this? Oh my god. Know? Uh, probably like um, you know how they put the president and the vice president on separate planes, right? If they did that with all the NFL media talent, of course, we wouldn't be on either plane. And then both planes <laughs> went down. Maybe. You I, I still think it's a maybe. Several what if people I, had to whisper into their ear that, you know, Chris Wesley works for you. Mark Sessler <laughs> works for you. Well, what if I had Larry Then they'd there. be like, who? Yeah, they'd be like, what? Why would we put them on TV? <laughs> um, good job, though, Greg. What'd you talk about? They'd say dial up Peter King. Playoff contenders, buy or sell. Me and um, old Tommy Pelissero. Oh, Tommy P. Who won the debate? Or was it a debate? I mean, I think there was no scoring system, but I think the viewers decide that I won. Speaking of debate, <laughs> if you checked out our most recent Twitter, uh, ATN Twitter show, which you could find on Twitter quite easily. Don't complain about it. It's kind of easy to find if you you know follow us on Twitter. Uh, we did the latest edition of the ATN Debate Club with the Hot Boys, Greg and Reggie Bush, against West and Sess Moving Company, Mark Sessler and Chris Wessling. I won't tell you how it turned out. you got to tune in. But uh, there were shenanigans. Uh, today's show. Today's show is a good one. Got a lot coming to you on a Wednesday. TNF preview. Titoons. Yeah, you heard me. Against the Jaguars. Uh, in a very important game for one of those teams. Also... Uh, with four games remaining in the regular season for every team, we've hit the home stretch. Hit the home stretch. Boys, what's got you jazzed? They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. Fr- the Frasier <laughs> intro. <laughs> As a, um, a white boy from the suburbs, this was my introduction to jazz. So this is really? how, this is how this is how I recognize jazz. I've got a nice playlist on Spotify you could subscribe to. 
Mine oh, was like that's fine. Dennis Kel- Oppen. Kelsey Grammer, he's jazz mm. to me. I don't think there's anything he's the form. about him. I mean the the he's medi- a titan of the form. No, the medium goes beyond Kelsey Grammer. Just just to let you know, there I, is some. I, room I, to I cannot believe Erica cut out. We love you, Seattle. I'm devastated about that. You talked over it. Oh, did I? Oh. Yeah, it was there. <laughs> That's Ouch. the first time. Hoisted on your own petard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, we're going to talk about that. And uh, but before we do that, let's do some news. The only reason I've been playing 19 years is to get to that thousand yards, and I did it. So that's it. I'm out. Yeah. I think he is. Out. What was the back end music there? I don't know. That was interesting. That I think he was getting into his he's, car. Yeah, he was playing some <laughs> rap music out of his ass. And he's Martin. a he's a forty something dad. Is like I like the hip hop. What about uh, you? I like that you think that somehow that hip hop is like not the most not the dominant, you know, form of music or pop culture. I mean, that's kind of just going along with the flow here. You, you're a man who loves popular music. You are absolutely right that hip-hop is the dominant form in pop culture in terms of popular And I don't think it's a young thing anymore but either. But for men in their 40s, white men in their 40s, I don't know if it's the dominant form. That's, that, I, that's think it is, I think it's kind of changed. I think that's... No. Well, hold I Greg. I know, I know this, this probably grates on you because you of your you know, <laughs> Greg likes rap, rap knowledge, but I think it's hard to take a white dad in dad clothes in his 40s listening to like mm. the cutting edge music very seriously. I, I appreciate that they may actually love that music, but it's hard to mm. take them seriously from a distance. Right. I think I think it's hard, though, to, to take that musical opinion seriously. If you're so closed-minded, you can't open yourself up to all sorts of music. It's not closed-minded. Love. It's just simply... Like I jazz. I, mean, I guarantee, he, he heard Greg, that you're Fraser, not being taken seriously. He heard that Fraser bit. And uh, it just opened up an entire world of jazz to da- a young Dan mm. Hansis. And at least one song. I, I think there can when be he was great, young. great music of any genre. I think uh, to put a bow on this conversation, because I think we're basically on the same wavelength, I think, is that hip hop became the dominant pop culture music in about the early to mid 90s. Mm. Uh, so people, While we were young. So now we're so old. So people that you're at you're 39, right? Right. I'm 38. As we enter our 40s, I believe 40 somethings of all right. colors and creeds. It will be the dominant pop form. You guys are right. I think the the dividing line happened between when Mark and I graduated high school and when you guys graduated. Yeah, I think so. Wow. Well, we really why I, I listened to Enya, which was we Enya was hot down. back in like 1991. I know that people don't imagine a time like that. But it's okay for musical taste to evolve as you get older. Absolutely. That, but the argument sure. is not against that, which I think you're coming at this huge straw man thing, like you're the one who's evolving and the rest of us aren't. That's not the point. It's just hard to take any 40-year-old seriously. You're, you're pulling that card, honestly. I am not. But it's not, it's not the truth. Right? Not at all. Not at all. And I love jazz, so it's like I'm a varied uh, personality. I like all sorts of I like all sorts of music. No, I mean Mark's absolutely right. His evolving tastes. Um, I don't walk you know, around pretending that I'm like stuck on Enya. I don't walk around acting like I'm some musical giant. None of us do. I have None like I have like a hundred songs that I love and listen to all the time, and they don't need to be from 2018, released three weeks ago. Let's start in the news with uh, Kelvin Benjamin. <laughs> Um, the wide receiver, former first-round pick of the Panthers, traded for a couple of draft picks, uh, third and the seventh, I believe, from the Panthers to the Bills about a year and a half ago, and that has led to very little in the uh, realm of results. So the Bills decide after two unproductive seasons and 18 games in which he scored just two touchdowns, they're letting the wide receiver go. Sean McDermott, 
spoke this uh, this week, I believe it was today, in fact, Wednesday, on why the Bills made the decision to move on. We stepped up to the plate and, and you take a swing and some of those are going to work and some aren't. Uh, but the only way you, you get a hit is if you take a swing. And um, the important thing, just as important for us, I believe, is um, when things are no longer right uh, for us as our football team and where we are and the vision we're trying to trying to chase that we that we move forward and that's what we did coaches love those baseball analogies Wes what happened to Kelvin Benjamin he's slow which was has always been a problem and he doesn't appear to be the most motivated guy and when you put him on a team in a lost season I think that motivation is even easier to question and before this news even happened I had watched the Bills Dolphins game and wondered why he was jogging on his routes so I'm guessing some of that had that had something to do with it. I like it. It bothers me if you're a Bills fan, you'd be a little bit concerned about the self scouting because the coach and the GM Brandon Bean came from Carolina. They knew inherently who Kelvin Benjamin was because I don't think he fundamentally changed as a person when he went to Buffalo. Carolina was willing to part ways with him. Although uh, some players do go to Buffalo in Western New York, and once no the doubt. winter comes, they fundamentally change. No doubt, but they gave up a third and a seventh for a player that's out the door not too long after that, and I don't know. I get if you're a different coach and a different GM who didn't have that experience with Kelvin Benjamin I mean, previously. He had less than 600 yards in 18 games. He wasn't going to be on the team next year, so this release is more of like a message sender and, and saying that whatever he's doing recently is not acceptable. They want to play the young guys. Right, and – but it's a disastrous trade. I mean, to give yeah. up a third-round pick for a season of, of Kelvin Benjamin at that level is a disaster. And I would assume McDermott and the former Panthers brain trust that moved up north, they thought they would maybe get an approximation of the 2014 Benjamin, came into the league and went for 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns, but he never really got close to that. He blew his ACL out, came back, had a, had a similar season, but not at the same level. And that is never He's always jawing with Cam Newton and stuff. It just seems like not a, a team. Guy. He's a limited. He has a limited skill set. He, if he's gonna be maximized, he needs to be on a team that just focuses on that skill set, and that's it. He's not a number one receiver. First team I thought of was the Steelers. And don't forget, when they made this trade, they're trying to make their first playoff spot in 17 years, and they did. I don't think it was because of Kelvin Benjamin, but that was that was why you make kind of. A I think it was. Type it, of it was ideally because of him alone that they made the playoffs. <laughs> what has Big Ben been asking for ever since Plaxico Burris left? a six-foot-five red zone target. And Justin Hunter, out for the year with a shoulder injury, James Washington has played good as, idea. as poorly as any receiver out there. So why not bring in Kelvin Benjamin as your third guy since you, Ryan Switzer's in concussion protocol? They're hurting. For I mean, unless he's either. a raging locker room cancer, but that would be the only That's concern. what the Steelers love, though. Put Wesseling in the Steelers' front office. <laughs> that's a good idea. Let's move on. Uh, the Washington Redskins are in deep duty. Uh, Alex Smith broke his leg. <laughs> Then Colt McCoy broke his leg, and now they need to make a signing to uh, support Mark Sanchez, who's their starting quarterback. They go with Josh Johnson, uh, who's been bouncing around, and we'll get to uh, his connection to the AAF in a moment. But uh, the the comments I want to play here are the most predictable question that Jay Gruden or any team would get when they're signing a Josh Johnson-type player uh, to their roster and a very notable player named Colin Kaepernick is either overlooked or bypassed. Uh, Jay Gruden was asked why they did not go down the Kaepernick route. This is what he said. 
No, just football, strictly football. Like I said, when you're talking about a backup quarterback this late in the game, uh, in the season, um, you want to have somebody with a similar skill set than the quarterback that you have. Um, not that uh, Colin can't do some of the things that I'm talking about, but somebody with a little bit of familiarity. Buy or selling, Greg? Well, I'm I'm selling that explanation, just because Colt McCoy and Josh Johnson, you know, they were in the same offense that Colin Kaepernick and Alex Smith were back in San Francisco. If anything, you know, I I think he could adapt. But it, even Going into last week's game, they mentioned Mark Sanchez going into that Monday night game had less plays available to him than a third or fourth string quarterback would have had going into the third preseason game. So it's not like Mark Sanchez, you know, had like knew the playbook and knew everything. And I think if you kind of accept that Colin Kaepernick ultimately isn't in the league because of his political stance, that's that, that's at least the the main reason that it's just annoying to hear the lip service each time this comes up. I mean, you're you're basically telling Redskins fans with your team still in the mix for a playoff spot that we prefer Mark Sanchez to Colin Kaepernick right, which the quarterback they did a few weeks ago. And we prefer Josh Johnson who, you know, at the San Diego Fleet from the AAFL or whatever it's called gave up their first-round pick for Josh Johnson, and weeks later, their roster has been scattered to the wind. It's a devastating setback for the fleet, who uh, just last week, uh, in the way that their draft is set up, it's either protect or pick. So you can protect one of your three quarterbacks on your roster, or you could pick an unprotected quarterback on another of the league's rosters. They say, we're going to rally around Josh Johnson. Um... GM of the fleet, Dave Bowler, said we watched all the quarterbacks pretty closely. We were paying close attention to some more than others, but some stood out and caught our attention and did some nice things. But ultimately, Josh, uh, both with his decision-making and his roots in San Diego, uh, he was our guy. Oh, it's devastating. Uh, So where do you go from here, uh, Wes, if you're the fleet? Make a trade for Christian Hackenberg? Hackenberg. Why can't the fleet sign The season doesn't start till February, so they're fine. Doesn't the, the Redskins season ends in January? That's like saying an NFL team losing their first round pick, and then you say, "Oh, the season's not starting for four months." Yeah, That's Sam Darnold got yanked into. Uh, you know, I mean, the Redskins the, are starting. New, Mark Sanchez in the, the, the middle of a playoff place. race. I think the fleet can deal with only a month of training for Josh Johnson. If you if you can get Josh Johnson up to speed in a week on an NFL team, the fleet the fleet can handle it. I I think I'm surprised well, no one's yeah. made the argument with. Ka- I know everyone's like annoyed with the Kaepernick. Argument. I like Greg giving like, actual analysis what? there about the yeah, Josh you Johnson news. I, I mean, like you got it. <laughs> it's a setback for the Josh team. Johnson's on his 12th NFL team, so he's obviously doing something right, like in the locker room. He's well, prob- one probably a, a fun – not a, or he's like a good guy to have as your backup yeah. or else teams wouldn't keep signing him. I'm surprised no one's sort of made the argument to just sign Kaepernick for the worst reasons possible, which is PR. This is the ultimate PR league. It, it took hold uh, because they had a PR-driven commissioner in Pete Rozelle, I think – a lot of decisions, I don't think this is breaking news, are made at the league level for PR. And throughout NFL's history, ownership has sort of taken one for the team, for each other, for the greater good of the league, and just tried to do something to quiet down an issue. Like, wouldn't isn't that reason? That could be, it's the most cynical, bad reason possible. But that alone would should be like a reason. I hear just the you, Redskins but... take one for the team to... to to shut everyone up. I hear you, but when the Ravens came close with Kaepernick, they had sponsors pulling out left and right. And it, that was it a creates- year and a half ago, though. And I think people said that, you know, it, it, no one's minded Eric Reed. No one cares that Kenny Stills is kneeling before every All game. All takes so, though right? is one Donald Trump tweet to fire up the whole country and any scared sponsors. Maybe I don't blame any team for deciding that Colin Kaepernick isn't worth signing, but right. I 
just wish we could get some truth instead of right, like right. you said the lips. Just don't even were say good. it. Just don't even say anything. Just right. say this is what we decide. You know, just it's ridiculous. Yeah. Especially this uh, the scheme argument when in, when Josh Johnson literally was Colin Kaepernick's backup in San Francisco. Do you remember no, that? I'd Do, like I'd like to hear. We don't think signing the 35th best quarterback in the world is worth what comes along with it. If that's what, yeah, if you wanted to say it that way. Let's move on. Bruce Arians, a little bit thirsty. Bruce, he's uh, working for CBS, uh, and uh, he floated it out there. Either I don't remember if it was Bruce himself or through back channels that he would uh, be open to joining the Browns in a coaching capacity, uh, and only the Browns. And then when uh, Mike McCarthy got fired on Sunday, a lot of people connected dots. Well, what about Bruce Arians with Aaron Rodgers? Well, Bruce Arians is back on the radio. Uh, and he's speaking to Zach Gelb of CBS Sports. And he said he had no interest in replacing McCarthy. No, not at all, Arian said. If I ever return to coaching, it will only be in Cleveland. Uh, Gelb noted that Green Bay is one of the more desirable openings uh, for any coach, and Arians held his stance. Yeah, it is. Uh, It's just I have no desire to coach in Green Bay. Mark, uh, this is beyond telegraphing. He's basically begging the Browns to come after him, it seems like. He is, and I – in 30-something years as a Browns fan, I've never heard any potential coach frame the Browns' job this way at all. And I, I really do think that it goes back a little bit. It, there's a Baker Mayfield factor in there. There's probably a Freddie Kitchens factor in there. There's a comfort with the idea of Cleveland because his first play-calling job in the NFL was his three-year stint with the Browns. And he talks whenever you bring whenever that subject comes up. He talks very fondly about his experiences there before the whole thing melted down and Butch Davis essentially went into a – he resigned over having a a breakdown basically and then Arians was out the door. That was their last playoff appearance under Arians. And I think that there's unfinished business there, but I think it's just sort of what Cleveland offers. It is an attractive spot right now, especially with Baker Mayfield, and it's one last run for Arians in his mind. I don't sense as much excitement from the Browns or their fan base as – you would think for Bruce Arians, maybe if he teased a little bit, added some flirtation, we chase we chase that which retreats from us, and he's it, making himself too available. Exactly, right now. he see mm. it, it's tricky. It's a balancing act. You don't want to seem, as Dan said, cat and uh, mouse, too thirsty. He also, you know, is as old. Even though he has an aggressive downfield philosophy, he is about as kind of pro style offense yeah. as as coaches come, and he's turning sixty seven next year. Whereas Baker Mayfield, you would think you would be looking for a, a coach that would be a little more like a college and new, innovative offensive. Mayfield player. today talked up Lincoln Riley as someone who's absolutely ready for the NFL. Kind of reminds me of, uh, remember in Swingers, Mike, when he's leaving the answering machine messages oh, over yeah. and over and over again. And he <laughs> oh, keeps, my God. And finally, the girl picks up the phone. She's like, don't ever call me again. It's like, Bruce, let it breathe a little bit now. The Browns obviously know you're interested. The, your, the let radar's, them come to yeah. you. I mean, we've all had that ex- some version of that experience back during the answering machine days. I'll tell you what, Mark. I would be surprised if Bruce Arians is not the Browns head coach. Erica didn't. In a month. I think this is going to happen. Wow. Because why wouldn't the I would Browns love it personally. Want, it's a splash hire. It, it matches the direction the league is in right now, a, a, a respected offensive mind type guy. And if Arians is passionate about the job, and we all know he, he can coach ball, why wouldn't the Browns give him the job? I'd be, I'd be fine with it. You'd be on fire about it, wouldn't you? I, I love him. So, I'd, yes, yeah. I'd be, that'd be good. I, I think because that's two very strong personalities in him and John Dorsey. And I think they want to find a coach in a perfect world that would be, you know, Baker Mayfield's forever coach. You know, you want a guy yeah. that can grow with him. Mm. And 
And he's someone who openly had health issues and flirted, you know, flirted with retirement a couple of times. He retired, you know. It's not like they fired what, him. Sandwich? No, Bruce Arians. On yeah. Arians being the yeah, sandwich, please plead me. It's on. We're, we're All right. <laughs> we got a sandwich on it. All right. It's so been a while. It's that Bruce Arians will be the next Browns coach. Impromptu I have sandwich. It. You have you got that. the field. Yes. You always Lo- the field. loving wow. the field on that one. All right. Uh, let's go with the blotter, uh, Brandon Browner. You remember him? He was kind of like the worst guy in the Legion of Boom. Uh, eventually, in many ways, <laughs> bounced around the league. Uh, he's a physical big cornerback. Uh, and after he left the league, he got himself into some uh, quite serious business uh, trouble wise. Uh, he's been sentenced to eight years in prison after pleading no contest to attempted murder and child endangerment. Greg, you a little surprised this hasn't been a bigger story? It just struck me that. If he was still in the NFL like he was two years ago, it would be a massive story. So it's just interesting to me that this happens, and it was horrific what he said. There's not much we can say about what he is accused to have done and was convicted. I mean, it's it's obviously horrifying, but it is different that like if this if he was still in the league, people would be going nuts about it, like what's wrong with the NFL. But then when when you're out of the league for a year or two, then it's just off the radar. Uh, in other news, Kareem Hunt, who is now unattached, of course, to any NFL team. In fact, uh, Kareem Hunt being kind of taken off the map entirely. Even the Madden football game has removed him from the game, I read today. So Kareem Hunt has found himself wow. um, completely cast out of the NFL. And there's more connected to Hunt. Uh, the NFL is investigating uh, the former chief running backs. Uh, the February altercation with the woman that led to his release as well as uh, an incident in January and June uh, that involved, um, I suppose, some type of violence or an altercation of some kind. So Kareem Hunt, who's certainly going to have a lengthy suspension uh, mark down the line, uh, this stuff could even yield more issues for him beyond that one incident. Well, it's a classic you know, investigation that's taking place you know, enigmatically far too later than it, than it should have. And the best... One of the best things that happened this week in the NFL is that no team jumped on trying to grab Kareem Hunt, which would have been a PR disaster and would have revealed one team for for its worst, you know, its worst quality. Here's a question, uh, Wes. I'll pose it to you: If Reuben Foster doesn't get picked up to the Red by the Redskins and the Redskins uh, got flamed as they deserve to be, uh, if that never happened, do you think some team jumps on the uh, reigning rushing champion in the NFL? It's a very good question, mm-hmm. and it made me think, and my immediate answer was the video makes all the difference, and that's why he would still not have been picked up. Yeah. The the timing, too, that there's no way he's going to be on the field this year or probably for a chunk of last year. It is just timing, though, because ultimately, do, do any of us doubt that he's going to be back in the NFL? I mean, I, I fully Well, I mean, I'll say this. Ray Rice never came but back. Ray, Rice, Ray was, Rice was... Most people thought he couldn't play anymore. Right, Ray Rice was right at the border of where he was about to be, you know, maybe out of the league anyways. I, I guess I would be stunned. And I'm not, even, I'm not even sure if I have a fleshed out thought on whether that's right, wrong, or whatever. But I'd be stunned if Kareem Hunt's not in the NFL. He is. I mean, Joe Mixon's in the NFL. There's a videotape right. incident with Tyreek him. Tyreek Hill. If you got the talent and you're young... Someone's going to take a shot, most likely. We'll see how this all plays out. A lot of IR talk. You never like that. We've had a good season, knock on wood, in terms of uh, major injuries not affecting the league's best players uh, for the most part. But here are some notable names. Greg Olson today was moved to IR with that foot injury. He's having foot surgery. And he suffered three major injuries uh, to the foot since the start of last season. This could be the end, Greg. 
It could. It, when Why that, are you laughing? Why is it funny that Greg Olson's incredible it seem, career? It doesn't seem something funny to totally Charlotte. different. So. I think Mark and I are both typing at the same time to tell Erica, and I could be totally wrong, that there's some breaking news in the end. Am I wrong? Uh, you are, uh, sort of, but I. Uh, What's happening? Go for it. ESPN is reporting that Emmanuel Sanders is believed to have torn his Achilles at practice Wednesday. Oh, man. And that he will be out for. The season. Damn. Further tests wow. pending, but that's what the Broncos believe. He's been playing to great, too. He and Philip Lindsay have been carrying that offense all year. Man, that's a big injury for them. They just traded Demarius Thomas, of course. Cortland Sutton stepped up uh, last week and had a nice game, but he's been very hot and cold as a rookie. Yeah, he How had. does Case Keenum uh, move the football through the air? Uh, Greg, you could tell Sunday night when we were doing the recap that Greg had already mentally checked out on the Broncos because of the Chris <laughs> Harris injury. But I think this injury hurts even more because you can't. Why are you I just like it's a funny way to set up the point. <laughs> no, I mean, I, like I noticed but, when we were talking the recap last week, Greg was already like mentally like taken the Broncos if, out of the. Like position. if they had made the playoffs, which because of their schedule, you know they they have two extremely easy games and then they have a Browns game. They could have still made the playoffs, but I, I guess I was taking them less seriously. If they had snuck in, they'd be one of those Sessler teams that are just kind of sneaking in and then are gonna get dropped. And this is gonna make it even harder. But they're not out of it. This hmm. No, I think they're out of it. The, Emmanuel Sanders was playing at a really high level this year. He was carrying that passing game. Well, so, Wes, one question. Let's say they have the, the Niners and the Raiders. I see them getting to eight wins, and then you head into week 17 against the Chargers, who may or may not have something to play for. I think they will, but I don't a think, chance to get to no, nine No, that's a good point. The Chargers very well might not. I don't consider at Oakland a gimme for the Broncos without Emmanuel Sanders and Chris Harris. They're, they're the type of team I think no game is a gimme. I even thought that about Jeff Driscoll and the Bengals, and they ended up winning, but that game was tied scoreless late into the second. They're they're a team that's overcome a lot of things. Their, their offensive line well, is, is bad. They have some things going for them, obviously, with the running game and, and some of their pass rushers. If it wasn't for the schedule, though, we'd be crossing. They play the Niners. I think their season comes down to that Saturday night against Cleveland. The, the Panthers in and I never answered your, your Greg Olson question, I think are in a similar spot with that. It's just sometimes you can feel when things are ending and maybe Ron Rivera will prove us wrong. Him and Cam Newton quietly have done kind of the Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy thing a few times where they rally at the end of the season. I found some 2012 around the NFL article I wrote that Ron Rivera does not know his job status in going into week 17. Free riverboat. Right. And that was, he's had a few different runs and I, I would never count those two out, but Losing Greg Olson on the same day that Tyler Heineke is throwing uh, the final pass because Cam Newton's shoulder so injury and a day before you're firing defensive coaches just feels like the end, doesn't mm. it? The yeah. Cam Newton thing, it's not just it's not just the Hail Mary. You, right, that's go a Go watch symptom. that fourth quarter, and the, he's throwing sideline creepers. <laughs> the, the ball is stopping in midair. I mean, the, the arm strength is not there. Even the throw before the Hail Mary, right. which I remember yeah. commenting to you, Greg, while we were watching it live, it didn't seem to come out of his hand right and was not – you don't want those sideline creepers. Are you guys creepers. saying that no, like shoulder injuries are a, a negative factor for an NFL quarterback? They seem right. to, to be an issue that and, can affect performance. And they were shop-level passes. And he struck – the crazy – the weird thing is 
and I think it should be pointed out though, Shabian? he made a number Shabian. of really good throws in that game. So it, it's well, a little confusing. Sometimes it looks. It okay. doesn't take as much hash, um, arm strength to throw to the hashes as it does right. to the sideline. Mm-hmm. Boys, let's get into this more on Thursday when we talk Panthers preview. What about the sideline creepers <laughs> opening uh, tonight? Uh, Los Angeles. The AJ Green season. AJ Green season's over. Uh, Reaggravated that toe injury, and we don't really have time to talk about it right now. But we'll have to track what happens with him in the off season as he enters his age. 31 season, one year left on his deal. Landon Collins of the Giants, whose sh- star seems to have faded a little bit after a great start to his career. He is on IR with an injury, and Christian Kirk, the rookie wide receiver for the Cardinals, uh, busted up his leg, I believe. Landon Collins is a free agent yep. this offseason, so I would think they would use the franchise tag on him. I, I don't have the re- any other, other options in front of me. Broken that could be a tricky long-term contract to do because of this injury. Broken foot for Christian Kirk ends his season. The Cardinals now officially ultra boring. Let's fork him. <laughs> still in the, officially ultra still boring. Still in the hunt, though, I think. <laughs> I mean, Since week please. one. Let's fork him. Finally in the news. By the way, playoffpicture.com, NFL, you know, NFL.com. Um, I know you're listening out there, some of the programmers. you got to take the Raiders and these some of these teams out of in the hunt on the playoff picture. Because some of them are even officially out, but they're still sitting there. Take them out. You heard them. Finally in the news. <laughs> <laughs> this really annoys me. Joe Philman really, uh, excuse me, uh, replaced Mike McCarthy as coach of the Packers in an interim capacity on uh, Sunday. Uh, but more changes came on Tuesday. Associate head coach Winston Moss, who's been with the team for a long time, and he's coached the outside linebackers most recently, was let go on Tuesday. Uh, the decision, it, it is said, came from Philman himself. And um, although it is not an unusual thing for these type of coaching shakeups to happen, especially when the he- head coach gets let go, a lot of people are connecting the dots to a tweet from Winston Moss uh, in which he wrote this. Ponder this. What championship teams have are great leadership, period. It's not the offensive guru trend. It's not the safe trend. I don't know what that is. Find somebody that is going to hold number 12 and everybody in the building to a hashtag Lombardi standard, period, exclamation point. The period has an exclamation point. Hashtag losing sucks. Wes, is this a case? I'm going to use a a youth term for you here. So, you know, stay with me. Of Winston Moss getting canned because he was two online? I don't know what this means. Was he too online? And is that why he's unemployed? Let me take it back to where I'm comfortable, like the 1970s and 80s. <laughs> this would be like firing Johnny Carson and keeping Ed McMahon around. He was he was top lieutenant to McCarthy for 12 years. And obviously still— Was he too online? I think, seems, I think yes. It seems like the tweet <laughs> is what put it over the top, though. It is. Or else he, he would have been fired the other day. Right, right? after I, mean, he, he, I think he realizes he was too online because he comes back with a second tweet that says, the Packers have informed me that they're letting me go. Wrong version of there, but that's okay. Then hashtag thanks, Twitter. So he puts the blame so on the tw- tweet. Yeah, I, no, yeah. But not on himself, but on the <laughs> forum of Twitter. Twitter's For gotten, amplifying right. his message right. he sought to be amplified. Right, so. Twitter's gotten a lot of people yeah. hired. And it's gotten a lot of people fired. Mm. Giveth, taketh away. Yeah, Ian Rapport <laughs> uh, said on on around the NFL today. Or well, what's that show called? Up to the minute. <laughs> that was a show that used to be got canceled. Um, our, got canceled. Our show did not. They forced us to take on the logo of that show that was, you know, eventually axed. Right. Uh, but the as I was warming up, up in the bullpen, the bill. you know, they're out of pitchers. I'm, I'm in the bullpen coming in for the 14th. I noticed that Ian mentioned talking about this topic. 
that Moss had kind of been surly and not and not really communicative and uh, distant throughout the season. So that that right. works in a, a workplace. A, that, that's a good. I mean, to have an it happens in a workplace. At least I'm going to admit that it happens to some people in this room. Even someone talking right now. <laughs> Um, that's what's <laughs> happening in the news. Well put. Hey, everybody. This holiday season, treat your family to world-class steaks, burgers, chops, and more with Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks is a fifth-generation family-owned company with over 100 years of experience delivering perfectly aged beef hand-cut by Master Busher. Butchers in Omaha. Right now, Omaha Steaks is giving an amazing limited-time offer to my listeners. My listeners. Hey, it's what the script says. <laughs> All right. When you go to omahasteaks.com and enter code AROUND into the search bar, you'll get 74% off o- Omaha Steaks family gift package. Originally 195 bones, now just $49.99. Sirloin steak, pork chops, chicken fried steak. Wes, you're loving this. Uh, steak burgers, kielbasa, <laughs> meatballs. Please, please, please get in on this. A limited time package for only forty nine ninety nine. When you go to omahasteaks.com, type around into the search bar and add the family gift package to your cart. That's omahasteak.com, code around. I'm going to get some of that and then mix it with my sous vide. Do it. <laughs> uh, all right, now uh, let's keep moving. Um, what's got you jazzed? As we head to the final scrambled eggs all over my face. Four weeks of the regular season. And Wait there, the, the scrambled eggs are on his face? Yes, which is... Calling again. I don't know. I try it. I read a... Um, you know how the internet does a nice job with this. No one ever knew what toss out and scramble eggs meant in that song. And then the guy who wrote the song was like, oh, yeah, me and the lyricist, we worked it out. Toss salad and scrambled eggs was supposed to uh, mirror the minds of these people that would call Dr. Fraser Crane on the radio show that had mixed up heads. Toss salad, scrambled eggs. I like it. It's good. Now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> All right, so let's go around the room and, uh, and explain what, what's got you jazzed, what's got you excited uh, as we look ahead to the final four weeks of the regular season, Greg, get us going. How many are we doing here? You know, we got a one. Strategic. Just, just one. one. Just All right. one? Okay. All right. Well, All we right. could be quick. We, we were very, very long on news. So we, we could be have quick. to get back we, some. We could be quick. And I know I, it, no, you can. it's a good thing that I could try at least. Okay. Uh, it's a good thing I'm going first because I'm taking Leighton Vander Esch before Wes or anyone Ooh. else can. You got you? Ouch. I mean, no, I have I have a bunch prepared because I'm, you know. Yeah, pro. Okay. I'm trying to we, be a pro. We, Wes and I were watching the Cowboys game the other night, and we were having a little fun. And, and he said, um, he said, <laughs> why is that a humble? He said, you know, Leighton Van Der Esch might be like the best player in the NFL right now. And I, I tweeted out, and people got really worked up. Twitter worked, mad? Worked up. But here's the thing. I'm not saying he's the best player, but if he – the, for the five games that he's played, the difference that he's made, you can't play linebacker any better than he's playing. And so I don't think it's too soon to say for these five games, and, and I think he'll keep it up on some level. I don't know if he can stay at this insane level. He is playing as well as basically anyone because you can't play any better than Leighton Van Der Esch right now. I had to go back and watch that uh, on coaches because I just wanted to kind of like see it, and it's an amazing thing. And he has great teammates too. Jalen Smith uh, is a lot of fun to watch. But just seeing this – this kid come in as as good a 
rookie linebacker as I think we've seen in a long, long time. Which is why it's absurd to hear Jerry Jones come out to say this week that the minute Sean Lee is healthy, he'll be back starting. I know Eric is a big Leighton Van Der Esch fan. Oh, yeah, he's awesome. Farm-raised. He really is farm race. <laughs> For the record, I was joking about him being. I also said. Well, no, I know you're joking. I also it's said just he's basically Jim Thorpe, and people will tell tall tales right. about him a hundred years from now, and he's going to change the game. No, he's just fun to watch because no. it's it's like watching a young Brian Urlacher. Right, and it's not that we think he's the best, but you really can't play it. Like I don't think it's crazy to say he's been as good as any defensive player in the league for this four to five weeks span. Right. And you look, know what I mean? To your point, Mark, uh, maybe it's a bad move to take off this guy off the field, but Sean Lee's not like a pile of vomit. He's been the backbone of that D for many years. So I understand why, again, inside the locker room, inside an organization, you don't want to say oh, Sean They'll Lee, find a way. No yeah. doubt. I'm yeah. not worried about starts. I'd be more worried about snaps. Keep him on the field. I bet they won't. They'll, they got to keep him. They'll, they'll, get rid of, they'll get rid of They'll switch things around. Uh, all right. Uh, I'll throw it out there. All right. Okay. Um, I'm excited about the Chargers. I'm very excited about the Chargers. And I yeah, usually – I don't get excited about the Chargers often because uh, in the past I've been kind of annoyed by them. But I feel like – I like when forever losers find some semblance of peace. You know, one of the, my favorite sports stories of the decade and a lot of people is when the Cubs finally won a couple of years back. The Eagles won. Remember Connie Fox crying oh, yeah. on the field? Uh, we played that during our Super Bowl show. Uh, when I happened upon Connie, she Erica crying tears. too. This is for different reasons. Yeah, she, Erica was literally balled up in the on the concourse of the stadium. Uh, where were we again? What stadium was it? Uh, Houston, Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota. not Houston, <laughs> and Houston. just sobbing because the Patriots had <laughs> lost their. Uh, it was the worse than sobbing. I was like quiet, and there were just tears streaming from my. It face. It was tough, but that's not what this is about. So it was like <laughs> dropping a three-year-old off at preschool on the first day. Oh. <laughs> So anyway, so you got the the Eagles finally won after losing 53 straight or not winning a Super Bowl for 52 straight years. The Browns this year finally found a quarterback, and they seem to be going in the right direction. Now you got the Chargers, a team that's always found a way to lose, and I, I looked at Sunday night as a major step forward for that organization, and I'll be very excited to see, although this story will be written in January, hopefully, if they can close strong, maybe catch the Chiefs, maybe – um, uh, have home game, maybe a bye, and how fascinating it would be, be to see what that stadium would be like, uh, the StubHub Center, if they're they're twelve and four, thirteen and three, hosting a play, playoff game. Will they fill it up with their fans, or will it get invaded? That's all stuff that will play out. But let's see what happens with the Chargers. And, and I will add one more note, Wes, because I want to hear your thoughts on this as well. Uh, there also there's a flip side to this story. You want to see the Chargers finish strong because it's been years of disappointment and heartache. But then you got what about all those poor people in San Diego? Which to me, I still think about those fans. And wouldn't it be bittersweet if the Chargers finally got over the hump two years after they leave San Diego? It would be bittersweet. You're right, and the San Diego fans would obviously be a little ambivalent about that. But I don't know, like. You- Phil Rivers' life is affected, too, and a lot of these Chargers players, like, you wouldn't wish good things for them. Yeah. So in some some fans, I don't get the sense that a ton, but some of the San Diego fans have stuck with him. I mean, they were – I've noticed them. They've had – they've been on the road a little bit. I mean, there was there was a story about a Steelers fan choking 
uh, a Chargers, a pregnant Chargers fan at that game, which is a horrible a story. Tale. The the uh, the husband and wife said they had come from San Diego though, and they they had been to a number of road games this year. So they are they are out a, there. It's a it is a minuscule number. It's, a small it's number. and it's, you know what, it's about as ugly a split as you could imagine. I was thinking about that. You say a minuscule number, and we're not the people to do because we wouldn't be able to. Just quite frankly, we wouldn't be able to write this story on NFL.com about what's going on in San Diego. But I'm surprised no one's like digging in. Like what what happened to the fan base? Are people still supporting this team? There's uh, some of that there? coverage because the ratings are significantly higher for the Chargers in San Diego than any other team still. Now, they're significantly down from where they were. Right. But they're way more popular in San Diego than they are in Los Angeles. It is a shame to, to what you're saying, though. Like the San Diego would be on fire with the Chargers right now if they were still absolutely still there but I'm I'm with you 100% obviously uh and it's mostly cuz of Philip Rivers. This is like the yeah, this it's is the year the, of Phil. This is the season I wanted was being in these meaningful games. He's going to be on a the, the Thursday night finale uh a week from now against the Chiefs. That's going to be a big time game. He's going to be against the Ravens a couple nights before Christmas. That's a big time game and he's going to be in the playoffs. It probably be as You a don't like team. Philip Rivers. You simply have issues and you need to examine <laughs> yourself. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. He's got that new haircut, a little bit longer. I like it a little, a little more confident. Longer. Yeah. And my final thought is if the Chargers get over the hump and the Eagles do it and if the Browns do it and if the Cubs do it, eventually it's got to get to the Jets. Mm. That's, That's I could see that. Connecting the dots. I, like I mean, it. just the process of elimination. Yeah. All right, Wes, you're up. I think the guys who are getting me excited, can Aaron Donald break the sack record? How many records can Patrick Mahomes break? But it's more than just a record. It's about interrogating limits to the game and mm. watching something we've never seen, changing the sport, giving something new to football, like Randy Moss going over the top of a defender or Barry Sanders juking his way out of a jam, um, Lawrence Taylor forcing teams to put a premium on athletic freaks at left tackle. Aaron Donald, who knows what he's going to force teams to do at guard and center. What he did in that Lions game might have been the most impressive I've ever been with him. That game was phenomenal, and he just seems to get better and more unstoppable every week. Patrick Mahomes, in a season full of highlight clips where he's the most fun to play, player to watch, I thought he was more fun than ever last week against the Raiders. Some of the throws he attempted and tried to pull <laughs> off, crazy. like how do you even imagine that you could make uh. that throw? So to me, watching these two guys who remind me of Hall of Famers in the past, doing things we've never seen and continuing to do them the rest of the year. Is it kind of like the equivalent of an NBA player with a heat check, you know, shooting from 38 feet? Yeah, it's like Steph Curry. <laughs> we've never seen anybody play the game like Steph Curry. I don't think before. we've ever seen anybody play the game like Holmes. I, I, I meant specifically some of the throws he attempted, but and I've, I've said that before. I, I get this like Steph – Curry, Patrick Mahomes, I feel like there's some type of connection between those two guys. Two of the top, I think there's three strong candidates for MVP. I think those are those are two. Interrogating Both. the limits of the game, I like that. That sounds like a, a column or a mm. You think Aaron Donald segment. could get well MVP? Put. Yes, I do. I, I think I, right I, now, there there's, yes. I think if people like us need to keep talking about it. I think it he's worthy, he but I just there. don't trust that. I don't trust the voters. Uh, I wish, you know what, thing. I wish they actually could vote for three players that it would be more like the MV, the NBA, but it's just one vote. But I think if it was held this week, I think it would go Breeze, Mahomes, Donald in that order. And they'd get all get vote. some votes. How do you get a vote? Erica, can I you get I think you have that? to be part of the Pro Football Writers sure. Association in which we I've attempted to get involved with them and they can said you, no. Can you ensure that I we have a vote in, in twenty nineteen <laughs> going forward? You guys specifically? Yeah, we have about one, one vote. group vote. Yeah, group vote. Group vote. That won't create any. Can uh, you reach out? <laughs> I'm not even. I'm being dead serious. Can you reach out to whoever you need to reach out to, and pitch our show for a single vote? 
Absolutely. Okay. I'm not joking, though. <laughs> yeah. This will go undone. I guarantee this well, goes undone. No, it's, of course, I'll like, send an email. but it, And like, then see if they, if they respond. We uh, could read the response. If they don't respond, all right. send if, another email. If you can get this done, we will all give you money. We'll talk about Greg will give you money. Total. Yes. Money. I'm just saying if she can like deal with a pull this off, let's give her some real motivation. See, now she's writing things down. She's <laughs> <laughs> No integrity. <laughs> money talks. Greg. I mean. Mark. Mark. All right. These days when I wake up every morning feeling <laughs> oh, super luscious, it has everything to do I with one human being I can't stop thinking about. Is it ex-network news anchor Connie Chung? No, it's not Connie Chung. Is it former White House twin Barbara Bush, the fiery redhead one who was nabbed by cops for underage alcohol possession and then nailed for going like 105 on the highway? It is neither Oops. Bush twin. Ooh, is it Hillary Clinton in her little beige pantsuit? Not her. Wait, it has to be Jane Austen, that little minx, all tucked away in her British cottage, knocking out mega-hit novels in her fluffy small dress? No, it's not Jane Austen, Erica. You're a brat. Just tell me. Wait, is it Princess Leia when she's in her white, puffy, hoth snowsuit? It's not a broad. They're definitely in Mark's like little uh, back room. Tell me. <laughs> it's private room. It's this guy. The snap goes to Duke Johnson. Then they flip it around. Then they throw it, and Mayfield caught it. <laughs> well, it's it. the Philly special, Cleveland style. Mayfield under center. Play action fake. Baker back. Baker getting rushed. Baker rolls right, fires. Higgins up. Caught it in the end zone. Touchdown. Baker loads. He throws. Landry got it. He's at the 45. He's at the 48-yard line. Well, Baker Mayfield, here you go. Just the way you like it. Mayfield to throw on first down. Makes the connection. Jarvis this Landry the catch long, across the 45. I I yeah man. I honestly wanted to come up with the something end. else, but I was like, what and what am I truly truly excited about? It's be because honest. every other December is the most depressing month because you're in a race trying to get the number one overall pick to solve this eternal void at quarterback. And this is one December. They have a primetime game on Saturday night. I can't wait to watch that. I don't really care if they're winning or losing because they have a future where it matters most and it does have me excited for the about the Browns for the first time really ever. It's a different type of excitement. I mean, Wes, Wes dialed up the Browns-Texans game as his first Game Pass game last week, and that was a game you knew that Baker was going to struggle That's in. two weeks in a row I dialed up the Browns that first. That says a lot. I'm, I'm yeah, the, he, Baker is among the most fun guys in the league to watch right now. Wait, did you say that Jane Austen was nest, uh, was a minxtress that was nestled away in her coffin in cottage? England? Oh, cottage. Erica said it. Oh, I didn't say it. Cottage. Because yeah, I think she's probably coffin. in a coffin. There were a couple of them. In this, in this world. Princess Leia. And there was another one, I think the Bush daughter. Oh, Barb like, Bush, the redhead? I know, Mark, well, what, what, what revs his engine. And a couple <laughs> no, of those things I mean, found I mean, their way into the script. He, he definitely likes the mix of politics and oh, yeah. women. And, um, and the, like innocence corrupted. The, the, bar, the Barbara Bush like, <laughs> Jr., or whatever she is, is far superior to uh, the Jenna Bush, Bush product. Jr. <laughs> I was once at I was once at a Barbara Bush Junior. Well, they, why don't they do juniors for women? That seems ridiculous to me. What they you are you are a younger version of 
the other Barbara Bush. You're the junior Gender version. I mean, I get what you're saying. I was once at a, a party with her. <laughs> Barbara Bush too. In Westwood as a, as a 21-year-old, and the Secret Service was there. How about that? Oh, damn. <laughs> Little pong action. Damn. What? Wait, she, what? she was playing? <laughs> she was playing. Were you interacting with her? No. Can You're I, like, that uh, cup doesn't count. The Secret Service is like, it she counts. She was in the mix. It counts. Can I have another one? Uh, yeah. I mean, how long do you guys want the show to be? This one's important. Because I hear a lot of talk, but we one. don't want the show This one's long. important. Okay, okay, go ahead. Well, <laughs> I'm excited to watch the best triplets. And Mahomes, Tyreek, and Kelsey are in there. But, you know, Chase Daniel has made the Bears boring. Let's get Trubisky back in there with Khalil Mack and Tariq mm. Cohen on a wheel route against an unsuspecting linebacker. But my favorite triplets are the old Zeuser, the Quiet Storm, and Dr. Rainmaker. <laughs> you guys have sat behind me or sat beside me for 700 shows. You Wait sat beside me for a grueling battle with cancer. Will you stand beside me on the most important day of my life? Oh, wow. Whoa. I'm glad we did this. <laughs> my favorite triplets. Oh, wow. My God. What an honor. That's amazing. I'm I'll, almost I'll about ag- to cry. Of course. Do we have to formally accept that I, we accept? I think I will do that I will, with you. I will accept without any questions. <laughs> I've just had, Dan was like, got to get the Jags tightened. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Awesome. Yes. Well, get up and give him a hug. Yes, yes, a hundred right times the, yes. Don't have to hug. When the show ends. <laughs> of course. It's like, oh no, human contact. <laughs> No human contact. Please. Oh, how exciting. Well, you know what that means. Keisha's got to update her uh, website. The three of us get to organize a bachelor party. Oh, it's going to be exactly what Wes doesn't want. <laughs> I, no, have, we... I have some thoughts as you might. <laughs> Just paintball? Strip club? No. No. Poker? Be... <laughs> Poker. No. Yeah, a lot of card games. I thought maybe a trip to Big Bear or something. That sounds fun. Oh, yeah. Whatever you Definitely want. go to the bear. Sorry, right. Erica, that you were not in the mix on this one. No, it's okay. <laughs> I felt privy because he texted me a little bit ago, okay. so uh, I knew before you guys. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. She great. can go to Big Bear with us. Do we have? I, Hell, do, yeah. Do we really have to do the preview of Thursday Night Football? No. no. This is a much better way to end the show. End the show this I think, way. I think it's fine. Sorry, Titans fans. Win a couple games. Go win a ball game, Titans. Oh, the, I'm going to get blamed for that, but... <laughs> Blame Wes with his big announcement. Sorry, wow. Titans fans. Mark Brady is shadowy league figure behind the glass, wondering why he wasn't included mm. <laughs> uh, in the wedding party. Just on the fringe there. So is this? I think. Wait, are, now are, we are close enough to the date. I believe those odds for David Ely being best man seem to be ballooning. They might well, have to take it off the board. Ooh, we'll I have, have already asked someone to be my best man. So David Ely. Can I guess? Can I, sure. Is it Nick Wesseling? It is Nick Wesseling. All right. Yeah. Quick, Nick. It's what? Nick. I like that, too, that he's not too tall. Like, when the four of us are standing <laughs> up there, it's not like one giant tall person. And you know. No, he's about Dan's height. Nick I, was at the hospital room, right? Yeah. yeah. I like that I he earned Nick. this. He said, look, yeah. he looked at uh, the seven other Wesleyan boys. I'm the best brother. I'm going to earn this I spot. Mean, Greg, you're already stirring <laughs> trouble, which is not your role here. <laughs> Pulled himself up by his bootstraps and earned it. Exactly. Oh, this is so wow, exciting. This and is. it is in uh, April, right? It's in May. May. <laughs> Very exciting. <laughs> got to book those flights. Yeah. Got to get it going. I got someone to watch my kids already. Shout out to Dean Rosenthal. Dino. All right, Dino. <laughs> Just leaving mine home alone. <laughs> uh, we will be back on um, tomorrow, Thursday night.
with a recap of the Titans and Jaguars. Um, so get excited for that, and then we'll preview the rest of the Week 14 games. Uh, so uh, make sure you check that out. And uh, Wes, yes, yes, 100 times yes. <laughs> All right, this is Dan Hansen signing off for Quiet Storm. The mailman, the soon-to-be Mr. Lakeisha Jackson. <laughs> the old boss. And the loose cannon, Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. Till Thursday night. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.